You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. Right now, as we speak, as I'm recording this, almost live, right? Kind of clean up and sweep of Denny Park underway in Seattle. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I talk about stuff like this all the time. What's happening in Seattle? What's happening in other areas that are impacting real estate? And right now, this sweep of Denny Park, Denny Park is is that main park in downtown Seattle where everybody's been talking about, hey, you got 60, 70 tents going on there and the playground is littered with, with needles. What is going on? Well, they're doing a, sleep, a sweep. They've basically asked all of the people living in tents, living illegally in the park, squatting in the park, hey, we need to get you shelter, you can't live here in the park. And now they're doing the final sweep, literally as I speak. And um, it's probably cleaned up by now. And then they'll go through and do another cleanup. The issue is, does this really solve the problem? No, it just kind of moves people from one area to another doesn't really get at the root of the homelessness thing. But it's a step in the right direction for people who live around Denny Park, right? And I, I, there's, I've got a full video on what um, Denny Park looked like, oh, maybe a couple of months ago. I did a walk through there and kind of, um, you know, showed what it was like. It was just pouring rain that day, absolutely pouring, dumping. So you can see that video and kind of get an idea of what it looks like and why it needed to be swept. So that's what we're talking about. And then I've got another story here. Basically, just talking about some of the stuff that's gone on in downtown Seattle that, um, you know, that we talk about a lot and gives, you know, yet another perspective of why businesses are leaving. And you guys know the drill, but we're going to talk about it some more because nobody else seems to be our leadership in particular here in Seattle not really doing much. We're sweeping things up, we're cleaning things up. We are not getting at the root of the problem, but. Hey, you got to take your victories where you can get them. The city of Seattle is cleaning up and sweeping an illegal homeless camp at Denny Park on Wednesday today. Serious crimes have plagued the park, but over the past few months, people have been connected with services, meaning they're getting housing, whatever it is, they're moving them out. There's a lot, I bet you, I bet you. 80% of the people who left Denny Park didn't go with services. They went to live in another homeless encampment somewhere because most of them turned down services when offered because services, uh, you got to do things like be accountable to not doing drugs, not doing alcohol, living with all those guidelines. A lot of these folks, they don't want to do that because number one, they've got mental issues and they, they can't stick with these programs. Number two, most of them are they're heavy addicts. They're heavy addicts. And everybody knows it. And so often you'll see these sweeps happen. And you know, like we had uh, the travel lodge down in Fife, of the 40 homeless people, like three or four of them took up offers of, hey, we know you've been in a hotel this last week. And I know that's comfortable. But we got to get you to services here, we got to get you to homeless shelter, whatever it is, some kind of different, different housing, can't stay at the hotel and not pay anymore. And only three or four of those folks took up the offer. And even the people that are running these services, they're like, yeah, that is, that's alarming. I think that's alarming was literally the phrase. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, people aren't taking us up on these offers because they don't want to live by the rules. And that's the real issue is that you're still going to have these people all over Seattle, not living by the rules. They're just going to geographically move a little bit. Got pushed out of uh, Denny Park. Okay, going to go somewhere else. 
Council member Andrew Lewis tweeted he has visited the park at least twice a month since August with Reach, Health One, and Just Care. He has witnessed dozens of Denny campers move out of the park and into shelter, he tweeted. This is the guy that's not really doing anything either. He's just talking about it. He's, he's pointing out, wow, parks and rec. Just, he's tweeting. Okay. Advocates for the park hope the cleanup goes smoothly. I, a lot of people, and I've got a lot of a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners that are very close to Denny Park geographically, and they're like, "Yeah, that needs a real hardcore cleanup." They've got a dumpster in the middle of the park. If that tells you anything, just an open dumpster, you can put all your stuff in there because that's how much garbage gets left behind by the homeless when they, you know, pick up and don't really move all their stuff. I am really hopeful that it's not just a great solution for folks who are there, but also for the neighbors and citizens and residents that are able to use Denny Park once again, Tim Gatos of Friends of Denny Park said. And there's a number of organizations like Friends of Denny Park that have been trying to take the park back because this is a park in downtown Seattle that people should be able to take their kids to. You haven't been able to do that because you're kind of afraid of what's going on. You know, you hear stories like crime rings being run out of tents there because they have been in downtown Seattle. We know that people are getting arrested. Some people argue those living in the park are only being given temporary housing options. Okay, but that's kind of the next step. You take that temporary housing options and you keep working it. But unfortunately, the demographic living in Denny Park I don't think they want to work it. Most of them don't want to work it. Obviously, there are people who are just down on their luck. They've had some circumstances go sideways on them. They need a little bit of help. And those are the people that take temporary housing and try and figure it out. And what a struggle. I don't want anybody to be living outside, especially not in winter during during Seattle. That's not where they need to be. And that's why I've been kind of so vocal about, hey, living on the sidewalk in a tent that's not really being caring for your fellow human being. That's where not where they should be. They should have a roof over their heads. So city of Seattle, you got to make something happen. Unfortunately, we're doing far too much reimagining and rethinking for any real action. But hey, we got a sweep here, right? However, Gato says the hope is that the temporary solutions will lead to something more permanent. And that's the way this game goes is you hope people are able to get some traction and get their lives back in order. Because that's what we'd wish for them all. If something happened to me like that, that's what I would hope you would wish for me. Hey, Sean, I hope you get your act together and you're able to overcome life's adversities and, and get going again. But it's it's so hard, especially if you've got mental issues where you need to be on medication, something along those lines, or you got heavy addiction issues, Very, especially opioid, very difficult to overcome, very hard to overcome massive uphill battle. And I think it's just easier for a lot of folks to just kind of say, yeah, I'm just going to live out of a tent and do my thing and just deal with it. And they do. And it's a really tough go. It's a rough go. Seattle police will be on standby to support city departments and service providers as they con conduct outreach. So, um, you know, I've covered a bunch of these sweeps and um, yeah, it's sad. It's sad, number one, that people are living in parks in tents. But then again, a bunch of them, that's just kind of where they want to be. They're like, this is, this is, where, this is where I'm at. Um, this is what I want to do. And this is the lifestyle I want. There's some perfectly healthy people that just like to live in tents as well. But living in a tent during winter in Seattle, that's a tough go. That snowstorm we had here a few weeks ago, oof, not good. 10 inches of snow. These tents are not meant, they're not, they're, they're not, you know, Mount Rainier up at, um, 
you know, they're, it can't mirror. They're not those kind of tents. This is not a four-season tent. These are two-season tents at best. They call them three-season tents. I look at them all the time. And every now and then, somebody's got an REI tent, and you just think, oh, they, where'd they get that? That's a pretty expensive tent. Where'd they get that? And you just your head kind of goes, oh, did some looting happen there? Who knows? Maybe it's donated. You don't know. Second article here. We're going to kind of go through this. So we've got basically crime reshaping downtown Seattle. What's it leaving in its path? A bunch of vacant commercial buildings. It breaks my heart. COVID-19 crime reshape Seattle and leave vacant downtown buildings. And that's been, that's been another, I'm going from the homelessness issue to the crime issue. And those are part and parcel of what's going on in downtown Seattle. Denny Park, another example of that. Hey, it got overrun during the coronavirus because nobody would do any sweeps of the camps. Now we are. We got Texas getting rid of that mask mandate. We've got police. When they say that it's become a safety issue, they can they can go through and clean out the camps. And that's what they usually claim is, ah, there's some kind of safety issue. But let's read this one. So on the ground and in the streets, there is a different feel. Businesses sit boarded up for lease signs dot the windows. COVID-19 pandemic, along with crime, is reshaping the city. Janice Connolly has lived there since she was 15. She said she can hardly recognize her adopted home anymore. And that's the word I get from a lot of people who come here and visit like every now and then, maybe a, a year, you know, once a year, a couple of times a year. And they'll say, hey, I've been in Seattle for conventions, um, you know, once a year for the past five years, and it's just progressively gotten worse. And now it's to the point where we don't want to play the dodge the human fecal matter on the sidewalk game anymore. We're not down with that. We're going to go to a city that doesn't have that influence. And we're going to take our business there. And so that's literally kind of what's going on. Um, so people are they don't recognize their own city anymore. It was vibrant, Connolly said. It was busy, but now it's eerie. Nothing is left. It saddens me. It breaks my heart. And that's how I kind of feel. It's like, ah, oh, Seattle's such a cool town. And yet, right now, it's really struggling. Shops that are still open, like Simple Life Clothing, are struggling because there's not enough people walking around to make their business models viable. That's the bottom line, right? We're missing tourism. We're missing all those people in those high-rise buildings. Are they coming back slowly? Yeah. But man, I don't know if those workers are going to be in the office five day, days a week moving forward. I think it's like two tops. And that will, that will happen more and more, especially as we kind of reopen, re, reemerge from our hunkered down bunkers in our basements. I try to do my best to keep my mood, my good mood, be positive, said Pamela Morales, owner of Simple Life Clothing. Morales, a native Peru, a native of Peru, said her sales are down 70%. On top of the virus, her store was vandalized and looted last summer. That was right after the whole George Floyd thing, right? Because the best way to get your message across is to bash small business windows and steal their stuff. And that's what happened all across America to the tune of a couple of billion dollars of peaceful protesting. That was their end result. You did a couple of billion dollars worth of damage to a lot of small businesses across the United States. And everybody went, hmm, hmm. Wow, we need to ignore that happening because that's not a good look. That, 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 that's not us. That's not us. We're not going to do anything about it. But man, that, that, that's not us. That's what happened. So business owners like this, they're like, yeah, we got broken into windows got bashed. 
and they looted our store and nobody did anything. And that's why I'm reading this article because people need to get this message out. Hey, yeah, those inanimate objects you call buildings, they have they do have impacts on people's lives, right? If I decide to stop, I don't know what other my other job would be in the future, Morales said. And in Pioneer Square, one of the hardest hit neighborhoods, business owners are fleeing. I did a um, podcast on Cindio, um, I don't know, last week, week before, something like that. And, um, you know, a, a startup uh, with local owner, local roots, and they basically said, it's too dangerous. Don't want to be here anymore. We got broken into three times early on during the pandemic. This is a no-go for us. Can't be in these neighborhoods. Not good. We want to be part of the Seattle tech scene, but we don't want to be a part of it and have our employees get hurt. And that's the real reality of what's going on in Seattle. Last few months have been horrific, Angela Williams, owner of Luigi's. COVID has been awful. William's son, Ben, has seen the changes too. We have lost decades of business down here, said Ben Williams. Places that have been here since I was born, and that's very scary. Yeah, you got some old school businesses that are just gone. You know, owners who are like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I am out of here. In downtown, at least 155 businesses have permanently closed their doors. Office vacancy is at roughly 11.6%, and it's expected to stay like that for the next few years. In all, there's more than 12 million square feet of office space sitting empty. We've got to get we, we ha, we've got some tough challenges to face, said John Scholes, president of the Downtown Seattle Association, and he's been as vocal as anybody on, hey, we got to get some changes going on here because otherwise downtown Seattle, it's not going to be economically viable for businesses to be here. After what Scholes calls a decade of extreme growth, there's been a major shift since the pandemic. Companies moved to a work from home model with 350,000 or more half of the basically half of the city's jobs located downtown, at least 70% of those workers are no longer coming in to their traditional workplace. And they're certainly not coming in five days a week, right? So we've got all these we got these things going on, we've got these temporary sweeps of the homeless encampments, which are temporary solutions. Businesses understand that because just like at Cal Anderson Park, homeless will go right back there, set up camp, and we'll do another sweep in six months, something like that, right? I mean, there's no real enforcement here of what's going on. And so businesses look at that and go, okay, you put the crime on top of the homelessness situation. Don't really want to have my business involved in that kind of an environment. There is an impact to small business and the people who work in small business, Scholl said. Those are folks who are residents throughout the city, throughout the region, who, if they are not getting a paycheck, they're not bringing it back to those neighborhoods to spend it in Ballard, Kent, federal way. So there's a ripple effect here. That's the obvious ripple effect. If people aren't getting a paycheck, they're not they don't have the finances to run their own family. And so when you bash a window, when you loot a store, it's impacting that business's ability to stay in business. And that's where the whole the, this massive disconnect over this past summer and spring and up until even now down in Portland, they're still going for it. You know, the peaceful protesters with their hammers bashing out windows, windows so ever peacefully, they're still going for it. And this is the impact. People in those businesses, they're closing up shop, their employees. Yeah, they're not spending it in their Portland neighborhoods either. So that's what you get. That's the trickle down effect that because all business is interrelated. 
And just the tax revenue alone for the city, the city at some point is going to go, ooh, yeah, this isn't working out. We got to clean this up. Just like we just cleaned up the uh, Denny Park. Oh, we need to do something kind of last minute. We got to get something going here. Because otherwise, this long term, it's a no go. But it takes a lot because big city like Seattle doesn't move very quickly, especially with leadership that doesn't really have any incentive to move quickly because they don't really care. And when it comes to leasing deals, they have slowed down and the renewals that are happening are for shorter periods of time. Economic recovery will be a lengthy process. So nobody wants to bet long term on a lease in downtown Seattle. I'll take a six month lease. You got one? You don't have one? Uh, I might need to move. Might need to go somewhere else where I can reimagine, rethink my business's future. Most optimistic colleagues that I know say two years, said Rod Kaufman, two years. At the rate we're going, I don't think two years is going to do it. I think it's going to take longer than that. The more pessimistic ones say four years. So let's peg about three years before we get back to pre-COVID levels. Three? Okay, that's if we have some city leadership that does something. They got to get something going. They haven't taken the FEMA money. They've got... Uh, they do have some temporary housing going, they're buying up some hotels, but that's not going as, as, as well as planned, just a whole bunch of roadblocks. And in the meantime, these businesses are just getting demolished. And once that point is reached the three years down the road, there's another potential hurdle. Business leaders say something must be done when it comes to public safety. Oh, you got to make things safe because otherwise people will not shop in those stores, in those businesses. It's constantly the number one concern of commercial real estate executives and vendors I talk to, Kaufman said, public safety. That should be a given, right? It should be a given. Is it, is it a given in your city where you walk around and you feel safe in your downtown? Maybe, maybe not. But here in Seattle, no, no, sir. You take your life in, into your own hands. Uh, it's a risk. It's a risk going downtown. Cities have never worked if folks don't feel safe and feel like that place is healthy for them. So we have to focus there. You got to make it safe. You got to make people feel comfortable about actually going downtown, being a part of that business environment, consuming stuff, buying stuff, right? Until vacancy rates come down, expect to see less in the way of new construction. All right, that's that's a pretty obvious one. But construction, especially commercial construction takes so long, you're still going to have a bunch of that go on, no matter the demand right now, because that I talk about the inelasticity of the supply and demand curve of of real estate, especially commercial, that takes years and years to square away. Because it just takes so long to bring a project to fruition, right? During booming years, we'd see about 5 million new square feet come online. That won't happen for a while. Here's the line I like. Meantime, Bellevue, where I am, is faring well with vacancy rates right around 7%. So we've got low vacancy rates. It takes a little bit to get spaces rented. but um, And big spaces, those are, those are starting to get rented again. Just because companies are like, oh, all right, we're through the worst of this, we think, we hope. Texas certainly seems to think so, right? Just did a podcast on that. No more masks needed. We don't need masks. That's what we're doing in Texas. But here in Bellevue, our commercial real estate market is doing better than Seattle by far because we just don't have the homelessness issue. We don't have the public safety issue. We don't allow homelessness to pervade our parks. 
we don't allow that stuff. We don't allow crime to go just rampant. We don't allow that. We don't allow the peaceful protests to become unpeaceful. We lock that stuff down. Lock it down and you're okay. Seattle, you're getting what you paid for, which is you got a lot of stuff going on that's going to take you a long time to kind of get out from underneath. Three years? It's hard to imagine Seattle being this way for three years. But probably going to take that long. You're going to have to get you're going to have to get some leadership in there willing to take a risk and do something that's maybe not politically oh the right ideology right now, but you got to do something because otherwise you're just going to be dealing with this and we're going to look like, you know, worse than California at some point. That's no good. Can't have that. But, you know, it is what it is for right now and I will keep covering it right here on the Seattle Real Estate podcast. So thanks again for being with uh, with me here. Kind of Kind of some stories that lead together here. You got a homeless encampment sweep out and a lot of people say, oh, those people have nowhere else to go. Well, that's the city's job is to kind of find them a place to go and to help them out, get them to that next level where they're able to put their lives back together and get a permanent roof over their head. But that's kind of not what we're doing here in Seattle. We're just letting people live willy-nilly wherever they want. That's a no-go. And at the same time, that kind of stuff is wildly impacting downtown Seattle because it's just one of the things. The homelessness issue is just one of the things along with public safety and not enough people working in the big high-rises anymore. Just it's not a thing. They're not doing it. And businesses have said, hey, we may not be back for a while. So stick with me here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast because this is a storyline that I'll keep talking about because a lot of folks aren't talking about it because it's not politically where we want to be. Oh, Seattle, not a good look. Let's not talk about it. Let's, let's just reimagine. We'll rethink and hope it gets better. I'm going to talk about it right here, Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the podcast. I'll catch up with you guys soon. Talk soon. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.